I am Sarah Jane Case, and this is Enneagram and Coffee. Hello friends, happy Thursday. I hope your day is treating you well. Today we are talking about mistyping between Enneagram 2s and 9s, but first today's rosebud and thorn. My rose today is that our lovely co-working folks brought in king cake to the kitchen and it was such a little treat. My thorn, y'all, I hate to break this news to you. I do not want to do it. My rose for many weeks frequently has been the brown sugar creamer from Chibani. And my friends, I'm about to give you some TMI. If burping makes you uncomfortable, you can skip ahead. It won't hurt my feelings. But if burping does not make you uncomfortable and you want to know the news, stick around. Um, so, fun fact, I've had these weird... <laughs> I cannot believe that I'm on the internet telling you all this. But I have had some weird burps. And I've been Googling it. To me, they tasted like sesame seeds. And I've been like, what's wrong with me? that I, my burps taste like sesame seeds. What's going on? I've been Googling it. There's nothing. And then I get a DM from one of you, you angel person who sent this to me, um, that was like, hey, look at this subreddit. This creamer has been giving people stomach issues. And y'all, it's a thing. It's a phenomenon. This creamer, this brown sugar creamer from Chobani, is giving people weird burps. People have been described it as rubber. Some people have described it as burnt popcorn. I, like I said before, I thought it tasted like sesame seeds. Um, and that's a thorn because I loved that creamer, but I just feel weird about it now. And, but it's a good news for the rest of you who are like, couldn't find it and wanted to try it. Maybe you dodged a bullet there. My bud is after work today, I'm going to get myself a really good coffee and I'm thrilled about it. I'm also looking forward to this episode going live. So this episode is one that went live in 2019, way back in the day. And um, in the midst of me changing hosting sites at some point, it got lost. And it's a highly requested episode. I get questions about it almost every single week. So I know you guys have really needed this and really been looking forward to it. So we have it back. Mistyping for between two and nine is here. I'm excited about it and can't wait for you to listen. So I'll stop talking so you can hear past Sarah Jane talk now. Welcome to Enneagram and Coffee, the podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Jane Case, and I am so happy to have coffee with you today. Today, I am actually not sipping on coffee. I'm sipping on a little bit of sparkling water. Um, I think I go like in and out between loving sparkling water and not really getting it. Um, but right now, I'm in a deep season of love. And um, so I'm, that's what I'm sipping on. I wanted to like every day be drinking coffee and share with you what coffee I'm drinking. And today, that coffee is actually water. So that's where we're at. I am recording a little bit later in the day today, and so you might hear my little one come in in the middle of our podcast episode, but he'll come in and do quiet time, so it should be a brief interruption should it occur. 
And today I'm so, so excited to share with you that we're talking about mistyping between types two and nine. So my thoughts, um, on, on doing this series is to just share common mistypes, ones that come up a lot when I'm talking to people or teaching or on the Instagram account, things that maybe are a little bit subtle in difference other than behavior, like stereotypical behavior patterns. So our twos and our nines get mixed up a lot. So if you are someone who's deciding if you are two or nine, or if you have someone you love who is deciding, or if you're trying to support them, then this might be the right episode for you. So my initial thoughts on really being able to tell the difference between a two and a nine is pretty simple, I guess. Twos are a little bit more image-based. Twos worry a lot about being liked, being likable. They focus a lot of their energy on how they're being perceived. For our nines, most of their energy isn't necessarily how they're being perceived, but more so how they're making other people feel. They want people to be comfortable around them. They want to make sure that they are preserving their own peace of mind. The other big difference between our twos and our nines is that twos tend to be a lot more action oriented. Twos really jump in and take charge. Um, they jump in and they help and they serve, whereas a nine's a little bit more likely to lay back. They support, but they don't support from a place of even necessarily being seen. A lot of the serving that a nine will do will be kind of secretive or in um, subtle and not necessarily noticeable. So that's one key difference. Another thing to know about our nines and our twos is that the motivation there is different. Both are people oriented, but for different reasons. Our nines like to maintain connections. Our twos like to feel loved and liked. Also, our, our nines really appreciate their autonomy whereas twos tend to really appreciate community and having their, you know, having their people, um, that they love and they love deeply. Nines tend to really enjoy company, but, um, they also really enjoy their time alone. It takes a lot of work for twos to enjoy their time alone on, for the most part. So, um, those are a few key differences that I notice. Um, another big thing is that they both tend to be people pleasing and helpful, um, but in different ways. So a little bit more, twos are a little bit more likely to hop right in and insert themselves in a situation, whether they're being asked to serve or help or not. Whereas a nine is pretty eager to help if asked. Um, they're maybe not, they're not really scanning a situation, looking for opportunities to be of service. Whereas a two, that kind of is their mode of operation for the most part. Um, now, it is important that you make sure that you're focusing not necessarily on these behaviors, even though that can be helpful. Um, the main way to tell the difference is in the motivations and the basic fears. So the motivation for our type two is to be loved, to be needed, and to be liked. The basic fear for type two is of being unwanted or unworthy of love. So twos are driven by being likable and lovable. They seek to serve as a way of gaining their likability. They're more inclined to take that action. They're also a lot more in touch with their emotions. Now, one of their blind spots for our twos is resentment. Resentment pops up for our twos and um, can be a common problem in their life or a common pain point that they they 
a lot of you spend a lifetime working around and figuring out how to manage. The childhood wound of our twos is that they were only loved and lovable if they were being helpful. And that if they were getting their needs met, they should feel guilty for that. So that is the way our twos experienced their, um, their wound as a child. Now for our nines, the motivation for our nines is to create harmony in their environment, to avoid conflict and tension, and to resist anything that would upset or disturb them. The basic fear for our type nines is of loss and separation. So nines are driven by maintaining their peace of mind. Nines water down their opinions to minimize conflict. They're a bit less communal than our twos. They may turn off their emotions or numb out. They may choose to not insert themselves into the lives of others. And their blind spot is in passive aggressive behavior. So nines don't really want to be conflict forward. They don't want to tell you what made them angry. Um, and so what can happen is when a nine is trying to get a need met, it comes out as quiet, stubborn behavior. Um, so maybe they will slowly do a task that you ask them to do that they don't want to do um, as a way of protesting without having to protest directly. Now, the childhood wound of our nines is the idea that the world is better and everyone is better if you just don't speak up. If you, your needs are a burden on the people around you. And so it's really better if you are invisible. That is the work of a nine is to recognize that your voice is wanted, that your presence does matter and that we want you around. Now, I think it is so, so, so helpful to hear from people of your type. So I brought in a couple of my favorite, um, my favorite two, one of my favorite twos and one of my favorite nines to talk about their life and their heart and um, what it means to be their number so that you can hear people of each of the numbers and you can maybe see yourself in one of them. So for our type two, I'm calling in my friend, Bonnie, who is an incredible graphic designer, an incredible business coach, and just a lovely human being. Let's call Bonnie. Hey, friend. Hi, Bonnie. How are you? I am so good. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for asking. Yeah. Thank you so much for agreeing to come on and chat with me for a minute. Oh my gosh, of course. I'm super excited to get to chat with you. <laughs> um, so basically, I just want to ask you a couple of questions about um, being a two, but like also just life in general. Um, yeah. So, okay. So t Bonnie, will you tell me a little bit about how you knew you were a two? Yeah. So I actually um, kind of first felt really attracted to uh, the description of being a two when I discovered the Enneagram and I started reading more about the types. And when I ended up taking a test, uh, I definitely was typed by the test as a two. And I, I really felt like what I knew of being a two at that point in time, I really identified with it. But the more I dove into it, the more I really was just confirmed in that, that thought and that belief that I was a two, especially when I started focusing on like the core motivators of being a two and the basic fears of being a two. I just identified with that so heavily that I, um, I felt like it was such a natural fit. And it honestly kind of felt like a lot of things about me and the way that I view the world 
in the way that I view people and I engage with others, like all of a sudden it just kind of made sense. (laughs) When you say engage with others, will you tell me what that means to you? Like what is the, how would you engage with others? Yeah. Well, I think that at least in my experience as a two, I found myself going through life, even from a young age, focusing on how I could engage with others in a way that made them feel valued and made them feel cared for and made them kind of the the center of a relationship. And I noticed, I guess I've always kind of noticed that that's not always necessarily the way that other people engage with others. And not that there's like a right or wrong way to do it. But I felt like, especially in my family dynamic, I was noticing that, like, when we do big family get-togethers, I was, you know, spending, like, entire weekends, like, cooking meals for people Mm -hmm. and taking care of, like, the little kiddos and, like, running around, like, trying to make sure that everyone's needs were met. And um, I seemed to be the only one in my family doing that. And, uh, you know, especially as I got older and I just started to become more self-aware, I realized that okay, that has to do with like my personality type and that has to do with the way that I want to make people feel and the way that I want to make them feel cared for. And that's not necessarily the same way that other people want to make people feel or even how that might not even be something that other people consider when they um, are in a relationship with someone of, you know, maybe they're they're coming at it from, um, you know, like a more... Um, individualistic kind of standpoint so that was something that just kind of early on I was like oh yes I can really identify like I I'm a two I can definitely see how that plays into the way that I like build relationships with others and like the way that naturally I kind of like default into engaging with people um and that's definitely something that like as I've grown as a two and as a person I've had to just become much more self-aware in that and much more honest with myself so that I don't fall into that habit of like people pleasing or um, putting others needs above my own and then like falling into that like state of stress and like discontent where I'm feeling like resentful of others or like, you know, expecting uh, a certain response or a certain kind of like expression of gratitude that people aren't able to give me because I didn't communicate that to begin with. Mm, Yeah, that's so good. Do you, and something that's interesting to me, because you know what we're talking about, is kind of the difference between nines and twos. Yeah. And I think both nine and two have that people-pleasing tendency, but it looks different. Um, would you talk to me a little bit about what it looks like for you? Like if you walk into a room and maybe there's four different people with four different sets of needs, mm-hmm. what happens to you internally? I think that in my mind... I am focused on ways that I can make them all feel seen and valued and heard and cared for, um, partially so that, you know, like everyone's happy, but also so that like, kind of, you know, a little bit selfishly so that we can have a good relationship, whether that's, you know, me and that individual person or me and all four of those people. Um, it's not so much in my mind, like the people pleasing, it's not so much to like keep the peace or to, um, you know, kind of like bend and sway so that, you know, things go in a certain direction and like, you know, there's never any conflict. It's, it's more like, how can I, um, focus on serving these people and encouraging them and pointing to them in a way where um, their needs are met and as a result I'm feeling like I have I'm having an impact and I'm feeling like I'm also able to 
um, to get something out of this in that way too. So I feel like with me as a two, I identify with kind of like that people pleasing, especially if I'm not careful, if I'm, if I'm like mm-hmm. not being self-aware in a moment and if I'm like, you know, maybe in a season where I'm not like super healthy in my two-ness, so to speak, um, I feel like it's really easy for me to slip into that people pleasing mentality and it's not always for the right reason. So I feel like I need to just in order to be a more self-aware human, I, I do better when I'm able to be honest with myself about my intentions and go into new relationships and even old relationships, understanding that um, I don't have to people please, that I can care for myself fully and still care for others well. And I'm not necessarily letting them down or doing anyone a disservice, if that makes sense. Yes, a thousand percent. I mean, I think, um, side note, like I just love that you bring up the word awareness, because I think that's how I think about the health around the Enneagram is that we just know what we're doing and that holding that awareness allows us to, it's when we, when we kind of lose awareness or we kind of drop our awareness for a little while, which we all do, um, that our type pattern does show up, but it isn't like we are a slave to our type pattern. Um, so Bonnie, how do you, you talked a little bit about the difference between, you know, or the ability to check in and see what you need. Um, what does rest look like for you? When do you rest the easiest? I think that rest for me, and it's so funny because I feel like it changes in different seasons of my life. Like as I grow as an adult, I feel like rest looks very different from probably how it looked when I was like a teenager. I just, you know, maybe wasn't didn't quite realize it then, but I feel like in my current season of life, rest looks like honestly a lot of alone time and a lot of like unplugging. So, um, like unplugging from social media, like not consuming a lot of like noisy things, like a lot of TV or, you know, anything that's like stimulating and like really overstimulating in that way. It's a lot of like, like, you know, quiet afternoons with a good book or a journal or, um, you know, like pulling a card and like reading like that affirmation or, um, just like taking myself out to a quiet local coffee shop and just like sitting by myself and like drinking coffee. I think it's just these simple actions of carving a lot of space for myself Mm -hmm. in my day. Like as, as an entrepreneur, as a wife, as a person with so many responsibilities, I feel like even just like that simple action of like giving myself the gift of space to be still with mm-hmm. no one asking anything of me, no one depending on me in that moment. It gives me like the opportunity to check in with myself and really feel in that moment, like what I need. Um, and that allows me, I think, to kind of like fill up my tank a little bit and, and like really instead focus on not just like hitting all the benchmarks and going through the motions. It's like this, this beautiful, quiet space for me to just like, check back in with myself and, um, like pour back into myself in that way. And I really love it. Yeah. It is taking that time for yourself, something that comes naturally to you, or is that something that you learned over time? Oh, definitely something I learned over time. Definitely something that I struggled (laughs) with to begin with, where I felt so guilty in taking that time for myself. And I, um, especially in seasons of like stress, I could, easily talk myself out of it and justify it with like, Oh, well this client needs this, or, you know, my family needs this, or I really, you know, I need to do the laundry or, you know, something like that. So many different excuses that I told myself that were really just 
me falling into like an unhealthy type two pattern instead of taking that space, giving myself like the grace and the permission to care for myself. And I think like the more that I just practice this idea of like, okay, in order to pour into others, I have to first pour into myself. Like you can't pour out of an empty cup. Like your cup has to be overflowing in order to like tip over and like share that, that, you know, abundance with others. And I think the more I started like reminding myself of that and practicing it, it became this like slow habit that I became more familiar with and more comfortable with. And so now it's like, I, I don't feel guilty asking, you know, for time or taking the time that I need. I don't feel, um, you know, uh, any, any negative emotion towards myself or others when I do that. Um, but I do notice like if I fall out of the habit with it, or if I, make sacrifices and I put others above my own needs and I'm not being honest with myself. Um, I can, you know, start to kind of like dip towards those like resentful tendencies and feeling a little like, um, you know, like I'm too busy to take this time for myself or give myself that gift. And so that's, that's like a big gut check for me where I'm like, Oh, if I'm feeling that way, like I'm already doing something wrong. So I really need to carve out this time for myself in my day. But to answer your question, it was definitely just like, a, it's a learned um, habit and it's definitely still something that I am continually learning and I don't know if I'll ever do it perfectly, but I'm, I'm grateful for the opportunity to at least try. Yeah. I love that. Um, okay. So my final question for you, Bonnie is, uh, what would you say is your life's purpose? Ooh, no pressure. That's a good question. (laughs) Yeah, no pressure at all. Gee, (laughs) um, man, I think that like when I think about my life's purpose, um, I would really feel like at the end of it all, it would have been worth it if I could look back and made people feel worthy and valued where other people just made them feel ordinary. Mm. And I think if I could just look back on the relationships that I've built with people, even if it was just a few deep relationships, um, I, I would just really want them to know that they innately have worth and innately have value where, you know, and I see magic where maybe other people just thought, you know, another person and maybe nothing special, but um, I think it's just my, my purpose and my heart to show up for people as holy, um, as I can, because I think we all deserve to have someone show up for us like that. I mean, I, you know, the, the people in my life who show up for me like that, it's like the greatest gift of my life since mm-hmm. to be able to give that to others, that would just be, I think that would just make it all so worth it. Oh, that makes me feel so many things. I'm like, I'm like tearing up a little bit talking. <laughs> yeah, it got me. Ooh. Um, I love your heart so, so much. Um, Bonnie, for other people who feel very similar to me right now, how can they hang out with you? Where can they find you? Oh, well, I would love to, I would love a good new friend. I'd love to hang out. Um, people can find me on Instagram at Bonnie Joy Marie, or you can find my little corner of the internet at beisforbonniedesign.com. Awesome. Thank you so, so much, Bonnie, for being here. It was such a joy to talk to you today. Thank you so much for having me, Sarah Jane. You're just the best. It's no secret that right now hiring is a real challenge. It's time for you to have a hiring partner that can help you to rise to that challenge. 
and that is Indeed. If you're hiring, you need Indeed because Indeed is the hiring partner where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. And Indeed is the only job site where you're guaranteed to find quality applications that meet your must-have requirements or else you don't have to pay. So instead of spending hours on multiple job sites hoping to find candidates with the right skills, you need one powerful hiring partner that can help you to do it all. Indeed partners with you on every step of the hiring process, so you can find great talent through time-saving tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. With Instant Match, as soon as you sponsor a post, you get a short list of quality candidates with resumes on Indeed that match your job description. And you can invite them to apply right away. Plus, you only pay for quality applications that actually meet your must-have requirements. One of the things that I love about Indeed is that for years when I was doing the hiring process, I was doing it all kind of piecing all of the pieces together. You know, looking for people on Craigslist, posting posts on all of the different sites, hoping that people will reach out to me. And I was doing so many interviews for people who weren't even qualified for the position. And Indeed makes it so much easier and saves you so much time and money by putting it all into one place. So you can start hiring right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash egram. Offer is valid through March 31st. So make sure to go to indeed.com slash egram to claim your $75 credit before the end of the month. Indeed.com slash egram. And again, terms and conditions apply. But if you need to hire, you need Indeed. I loved what Bonnie had to say. I love her heart. Um, and I think it's going to be really interesting to see the contrast in how she shares and how Eric shares. So Eric is our type nine. Eric is an incredible Instagrammer. He has an amazing YouTube channel and he's just an all around delightful human being. Eric is kind of universally loved and enjoyed and one of the funniest people I know. So let's call Eric. Hello. Hi, Eric. Oh, hi there. I'm so excited to talk to you today. Oh my god, I cannot wait. I was just looking at all the um the descriptions. Awesome. Loved it. That's sweet. So this is pretty sweet and simple. It's just I just gonna ask you questions about you. Okay, I love that. Good. Awesome. <laughs> like... And I should know those ideally. <laughs> yeah, best case scenario. <laughs> Um, Okay, so Eric, tell me a little bit about um, when you read the nine description, what resonates for you? Like what stands out as like, oh, there I am? Um, So since I like first, I guess, realized that was a nine, I resonated. I was like, oh, that makes the most sense. The idea that it's like that I'm – it's like kind of more internalized I feel like and it's all about you and finding like harmony and peace um in like what you do even when it's so I mean I say this constantly but even when it's kind of detrimental to like your progress or my progress Mm. um I like remain at that spot because it feels more peaceful than going out of my um out of my uh character or whatever yeah um do you relate to any of the the symptomatic things of that you read about nines 
And if you are like, what do you mean by that? I can tell you what I mean by that. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, tell me what you mean. Yeah, so, okay, so, like, we hear about nines um, that they, you know, they don't know where they want to eat for dinner. Um, or... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, what is that like for you on the inside? Like, if I'm like, Eric, where do you want to go to dinner? What's, what happens? Uh, okay, yes, that is, uh, like, a li- that's literally... A daily struggle for me. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, just kind of the indecisiveness. And it's like, I don't even, I'm not trying to be indecisive. I just, so for me, it almost feels not even like a shutdown. Like, I think people just assume that I am just like, I don't want to make the decision. But typically, it's more of just like, I really don't feel like I'm carrying any wait in this battle of where to go to dinner because I'll be mm-hmm. happy wherever. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. unless, typically, I'm like, unless I have this, like, crazy instinct to do this thing, then, and then I'll, I'll tell you, but otherwise, I'm going to be happy wherever we go. So don't make me unhappy by making me decide. Just <laughs> take me somewhere, feed me, and then I'll be happy. <laughs> I love that. Um, so, okay. So a big reason that we're talking is, so people who maybe are deciding if they're a type two or they're a type nine can hear, you know, a two and a nine speak so they can kind of see themselves in one. Mm-hmm. And, it, but, and one of the things I talked to about our, with our type two, Bonnie, is that both types kind of have this people pleasing tendency, but it looks different. Um, do you relate to kind of being people pleasy at all and, or in your past and what does that look like for you? I do. Okay. So you actually sent me, um, the descriptions of like a two and a nine, just like refresh and make sure I was up to date. Mm -hmm. And I was reading the two and I was like, oh my God, am I a two? (laughs) I (laughs) I was like, wait, this kind of feels right. Um, so yeah, I do. I did relate to it. I do relate to it um, in the people pleasing way. Uh, I'm trying to get my thoughts. So like, I relate to it because it's the idea of making connection and wanting to um, be helpful and the whole the idea of serving. Mm-hmm. Is that you know? Yeah. Um, but also where I don't I didn't relate to it was because I felt like it was more of an external mm-hmm. versus an internal need to please so like if I am doing something it's because I don't know it feels the most harmonious for me mm-hmm. and I'm not trying to get validation from somebody else my you know my reasoning is not to so that you'll like pat me on the back yeah. it's just that's just what I do you know and so I just do it yeah <laughs> so uh, it kind of felt, that's what I mean in, like, external versus internal. I feel like nines, it's more of, like, keeping the peace of yourself and doing what you do. Versus a two, it seems more of, like, that external kind of validation of pleasing other people um, because that feels yeah. um, more correct. Does that make any sense? Yeah, a thousand percent. Um, one of my favorite examples for a difference between a type two and a nine was... Um, described as like like a couple, Suzanne Stabil, so I'm like giving full credit. Um, she was talking about her and her husband being on a plane. She's a two, he's a nine, and he speaks Spanish. And someone was struggling and, and needed um, someone to interpret. 
And she was like, it's your job. Like, you should go interpret for them. And him as a nine was like, his priority in that moment wasn't inserting himself. His priority was just like maintaining his own peace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes, totally. That feels spot on. Um, So do you feel... um, So Okay, so one of the big things for our nines is that nines tend to um, soften themselves in order to make other people comfortable, in order to preserve um, the lack of conflict, right? So um, can you think of, like, ways in which you have done that in the past and maybe ways in which you've, like, that's changed over time? Oh my gosh. Okay. Uh, you're asking me like specific questions and as a nine, I'm like buckling right now. Um, okay. Let me think. I can't think of any specifics. Um, except like, and I don't know if this is nine centric specifically, but I feel like Wait, ask the question again. I'm sorry. Oh, no, no, it's good. Um, Okay, so a a big thing that our nines will do is um, if you think that something you would say would be offensive to someone else, you might not say it or you might even say what you know will make that person comfortable, Uh even if it sacrifices your own ideas and thoughts. Uh Or you might not say anything at all. Yeah, is yeah. that something that you like to? It does, yes. Okay, so I do... Excuse me. Yes and no. I feel like I've always been... No, I'm not a blunt person, mm-hmm. but I've always like held high regard for like expressing my opinion when I do have it and maybe that's because I don't I don't feel especially opinionated on, on like tip on the regular but um excuse me um oh my god I'm like no, I love the worst answers. No, it's so good because you like because here's the thing: like you are talking like a nine, <laughs> so it's important. Um, I'm proving myself. Yeah, well, I mean, it's so good. So, um, what I think I'm curious about is, you know, when you do give your opinion, what is it that makes you feel like you know this is the time that I do want to okay. say something. I think it's a mix, typically, of um, feeling safe to say it and, um, so, like, sometimes I guess I, I guess I wouldn't give my opinion, um, depending on the situation, but I wouldn't give it if it felt like it wasn't the right time or it wasn't especially, um, like, needed. Mm-hmm. Which is probably why most people, um, like, I won't insert myself in a conversation, mm-hmm. um, and I'm not going to fight to be heard. Mm-hmm. That's just not who I am or what I do. So I think a lot of people think I don't have an opinion, which is not really true on, like, whatever the subject is. But it's just, I guess I would need to, I would because I'm not going to hurt somebody's feelings or say something in a mean way or blunt. So I'm going to make sure that it is like a beneficial to say, as well as like well thought off, well thought out from my perspective. Um, Cause I don't just, t- 
top to like get it out of my head. Yes. I think it through and then I say it, you know? Mm -hmm. I love that you said um, that because you don't always feel the need to express your opinion, it doesn't mean that you don't have opinions. Because yeah. I think that's a misconception. So I think when people are deciding if they are a nine or not, there's a they can feel like, well, I feel very opinionated. Um, and so why, like, it doesn't feel accurate for you to say that I'm not opinionated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it's all in, like, the, I guess, your processing and your delivery mm-hmm. more so than, like, whether you have an opinion or not. Because everyone has an opinion, you know, yeah. whether it's strong or whether you voice it, whatever. Yeah, I love that. Um, Eric, I've a, so how do you relax? How do I relax? Um, that's a good question. <laughs> um, typically just like, uh, okay. To be honest, like being alone mm-hmm. a lot of times mm-hmm. and, um, so this is where I get confused sometimes by my, my inner conflict. Cause I'm like, other time, I always joke and say, like, I'm an enigma of a human because <laughs> sometimes I'm, like, totally introverted and, like, totally in my mind and, like, want to be alone. And then other times, just on a whim, I'm like, I need to go out. I need to, like, talk to people. I need to, like, make connections. Um, but typically, like, by myself on the couch, um, like, watching TV and chilling, chilling out. Um and then also sometimes I just um, I'll like be doing the dishes or making dinner and I'll just turn on some music and it's like just me, my music, and I'm just like in my own world. Mm. How important is it for you that you have a say in how the environment feels in your like home or your space? Um Oh my God, have you been talking to Tyler? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yes, but no. (laughs) We just had like a discussion last night um, because um, so we just got this house and we're talking about decorations and I felt like everything I was mentioning was being like dismissed. Mm. And so to answer your question, it's, I guess I don't need, like, complete control, mm-hmm. but since I don't have, like, I don't voice my opinions that often, when I do, I really need them to be um, accepted and heard and, like, understood. Yeah. So, um, as far as, like, a space and home, yeah, I mean, I, like, if I if I want something a certain way or I feel, I want to feel pride in that thing, mm-hmm. no matter what it is. So, um, so it's somewhat important. Yeah. I really love what you said when you said, um, I, since I don't express my opinions that often when I do, it's really important for them to be heard. Cause I think that that's where nines get misunderstood a lot and nines get like can surprise people in their lives with like surprise. Here's a really strong opinion. And like, I'm mad about it. And yeah, yeah, yeah. we're not used to nines expressing intense emotion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's funny. I also feel like I've had, like, because since I've been trying to, like, think more about my nine-ness and such, I'm, like, maneuvering, like, my emotions and my opinions and, like, speaking out and everything. And I, I feel like I've found myself more, like, almost vehemently, like, expressing <laughs> whatever opinions they are. Yeah. And I'm, like, I'm not trying to, like, be an asshole or be rude or mean or whatever I'm 
<laughs> yeah. Does it feel like you're being really mean if you're just being direct? Sometimes. Um, it doesn't to me actually. Okay. For me personally, um, but that gets me, like, especially in my relationship with Tyler, like, because to me, I'm like, I need to just like say this, mm-hmm. and sometimes I do say, I'm like, this is not going to sound good to you right now, but like, I just need to say it how I'm thinking it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I just need to tell you like what I'm taking it, um, which is funny because that's kind of goes against what I just told you earlier about like taking it through and like being super thoughtful about what I'm saying but I think that's sort of the navigation that I'm going through I guess like especially in my relationship trying to not over like feeling safe enough to express these things especially if they're important instead of internalizing and and then like telling myself it's not worth it to speak up and say this thing you know what I mean like Do you think that's a comfort thing or like a um, this is the rest of my life kind of thing? Like, what is that that you're like, in this relationship, I want to to express this? I think it is a comfort thing. Uh, Yeah, for sure. I think it's for sure a comfort thing just because, like, he's my person, so I can say whatever. And, I mean, and I know he, like we're kind of on the same level. He gets Mm -hmm. me even when it's like painful. (laughs) He understands. Yeah. I love that. Um, so my last question for you, I feel like you're going to, um, potentially hate, but I'm going to ask you anyway. (laughs) Are you going to ask me what I'm having for dinner? (laughs) No, but like bigger. Um, so what would you say if, if you had to answer right now, not like, long term down the road for sure this is the thing but right now what would you say is your life's purpose oh gosh i know Uh, (laughs) okay that is i'm just going to again i'm not gonna overthink it right now um so right now i'm kind of thinking and i have sort of been thinking about this like what am i doing where i want to go i feel like my purpose is to kind of, okay, I don't want to sound lame, but like, oh my God, what am I trying to say? I want to be like, okay, so what, what I told you before, sorry, I'm like a long-winded answer. What yeah. I told you before is like, I, um, for a lot of people, like, a lot of people who, feel or seem to be in like the background of other people's lives you know sort of like background characters I feel like I'm like I can be a spearhead for them or I can be like um they feel comfortable with me you know Mm -hmm. and so I kind of feel like I can I'm like their person I'm like um a connector kind of does that make sense I don't know if I'm like verbalizing it but yeah so like like, you're a home for people who feel like they're not the star of their own life. Yes. Yeah. I feel like like a comforter, I guess. Yeah. Oh, I love yeah. that. That's kind of how I feel. Um, and I feel like a lot, because in this day and age, a lot of, like, emphasis is put on, like, social media and stuff. And I feel like that's sort of where this, um, like, per- your personality kind of comes through. 
in some way or another. So, like, um, I feel like I get a lot of, like, messages and followers of people that are not, like, they're not, like, huge big deals on whatever, Instagram or whatever, but they're just living their lives, and to them they feel comfortable to like message me or whatever, you know? Yeah. And not, that I, not that I'm a huge deal or anything, but you know, as a like stranger, they somehow, they see some sort of light in me mm-hmm. and feel comfortable enough to do that. Yeah. And I like that. <laughs> I like that too. Um, okay. So Eric, for people who want to connect with you further, who want to, you know, hang out with you on the internet, um, mm-hmm. where can they find you? Oh my god, the best place to find me is Instagram because I'm always on there. Um, at it's me, Eric C. There's an extra C at the end. Um, I'm also on Twitter and, um, but mostly Instagram, yeah. But you're also on YouTube, right? I am on YouTube, yes. I'm on YouTube. It's me, Eric C. You can find me there. Um, doing crazy stuff. Yeah. Eric's like <laughs> one of my favorite YouTubers already. He like is. Oh my god! Thank you. Yeah, he oh like kills me every time. Oh my god! I'm having so much fun doing it. Sweet. Thank you so so much for talking to us today. It's going to be so helpful. Oh my god! I hope so. Thank you for calling and chatting. Yeah. I loved it. I loved hearing from Eric and I even checked in with him after the call to see if leaving his pauses in were okay because for our nines, that hesitation, that pause, that rumination over answers is such a critical thing. It's so important to leave that in because um, I really do think if you are a nine, you probably resonate with that a lot. So um, I'm so grateful for both Bonnie and Eric for joining me on this episode because I think their insights are so helpful and powerful. So thank you, Bonnie and Eric. It meant so much to have you here. If you guys want to connect more with Bonnie and Eric, you can do so through the show notes. I have both of them linked there and um, you would not be doing yourself a disservice by keeping them in your atmosphere. Thank you guys so much for joining me for this episode. If you liked this mistyping episode, let me know. Leave a rating and review in iTunes. That is the number one way that I get new listeners to the podcast. And it's also the way that I um, watch and see what you're enjoying and what we're doing well over here. I bet you can hear my kiddo by now, but I'm going to go say hi to him and log off. Thank you guys so much for joining me and I will see you in the next episode.